podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. The Two-Footed Podcast is brought to you by EPLindex.com and our presenting sponsor, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider. A virtual privacy network allows you to go online, change your location, access things you're geo-blocked from while keeping your data safe. So, as an example, if you are a UK expat and want access to BBC iPlayer to watch Match of the Day or ITV Hub or all four, but you get that message that says this content is not available in your location, a Liberty Shield VPN gets you around that block allows you to watch whatever you want on those services while also keeping your data safe. And it goes further than that. It allows you to open up Netflix's entire library by just changing your IP address. Liberty Shield is the number one rated VPN provider on Trustpilot with five-star ratings across the board. So go to libertyshield.com right now, use the code EPL25, and get either the hardware package or the software package. The hardware package is a router that you plug into your existing router. And any item you want to change the IP address on, be it your phone or your television, you connect that to the new Liberty Shield router. All other items can remain connected to your existing router. There's also a software package, which is instantly downloadable to your device, and you can get using straight away. Again, libertyshield.com, EPL25 for 25% off at checkout. We're also brought to you by Home of Hopcroft, a giftware and homework company located in Scotland, but shipping worldwide. Check out homeofhopcroft.co.uk and do check out the EPL Index and Anfield Index shops, which you'll find on Etsy. Use the codes EPL10 or RED10 for 10% off at checkout. And lastly, do remember to check out a tad predictable hosted by Tadiwa. That podcast is on this feed before every Premier League match week. And then the EPL Roundtable hosted by Kevin DeVries on its own EPL Roundtable feed. So just search EPL Roundtable in your podcast device. And that's out after every match week. Now, on with the show. Good boys and girls, two-footed podcast. Today is Friday. It is June 30th, which means tomorrow is July 1st. We have made it through the first half of the year. Half the year is gone. Bananas. Today is going to be probably a little bit shorter than normal because I'm very excited about something that's going on with Liverpool. So I might have to do some podcasts on that. So I may get pulled away from this. However, I promised that today we would rebuild Everton, and I said I might do another team. But when I went through the Premier League, and I've gone through it in in pretty decent depth today, looking at each team, 
looking at, you know, who really needs a massive overhaul? And I've got to be honest, I think it's only Everton. Like, I think Arsenal still need a bit. I don't think they're actually nearly as close to a real title contender, Champions League winning team as they think they are. But it's clearly a good team. And it's not like they need to be torn down and built back up. I think Villa are very much moving in the right direction. I think Bournemouth are moving in the right direction. Brentford and Brighton are two of the model clubs. I don't think you'd find a whole lot of fault with them. Burnley are new to the league. Chelsea, you could argue, but I mean, they've kind of done the rebuild. It's now about the finishing touches. Goalkeeper, ball winner, number nine. And Caicedo's probably going to be that ball winner. They might forego a goalkeeper until next summer. Maybe just a number nine for them this summer. I don't think Crystal Palace need a massive rebuild. I think they've got a lot of good players there. They play a decent brand of football. I don't I don't love the decision to bring Hodgson back for the year, but I can see the logic in it. Fulham are on a decent trajectory. Liverpool needed a rebuild, but they're they're doing that. Luton do need a rebuild, but I don't know enough about them, their financial situation or anything like that right this moment to really deep dive into them. And frankly, as I said the other day when I went over Luton, I actually think they kind of need to buy everything. And I don't know that they have the money to do it. I don't know what kind of budget they're going to be working with. City just want to treble. I mean, they don't need to be rebuilt, to be rebuilt. United, I do think, need a fair bit, but they've got the manager they want. They're spending money. They're bringing players in. Now, personally, I would still look at them and say, goalkeeper, right back, another midfielder, because I just don't think Mount works with the the two they've got in Bruno and Casemiro. I would use Mount as more of a utility attacking player. You know, some games attacking midfield, some games off the left, maybe play him off the right in the odd game to make the most of his crossing. They need a nine. The centre-back wouldn't go amiss, but, you know, let them do them for now. The Toon are on the right trajectory. They're building slowly. You know, we've seen them bring in Gamerish, Botman, Isak, now Tonali. That's four of what could be a title-winning 11. You could argue Nick Pope is five, and then, you know, the rest will need to be done, but they're doing it step by step. A lot of people would point at Forrest. Again, I think they've they've done a lot of their buying. I think it's just about rounding out the edges now and making a bit more sense of the squad, more selling than buying needed there. Sheffield United new to the division. I don't want to get into them. Spurs have Ange. I think they're a better team than what we've seen this past season. They finished top four the season before. They might lose Kane, but they've got the Kulisewski deal done. They've up, They've got a new goalkeeper in. They've got Madison in. Looks like Mickey van de Ven will be the next one in through the door for them. You know, they're not a whole pile of distance away. It It is 
dependent on the Kane thing. If if Kane was to leave, you could make an argument to tear it down, sell Son, sell Heusberg, but they'd still have a really good basis. They'd still have Poro and Spence at right back, a Doji and Cessnion at left back. You'd still have Romero. You still have Tanganga. Uh, you still have Joe Roden. So, you know, you'd have three of the five centre-backs you want. You'd want a starter and one quality backup, and then Roden and Tanganga to round out the group. You'd still have Benton Curry. You'd still have Basuma. Uh, you'd still have Papi Matar Sar. You'd still have Oli Skip. So, again, you'd kind of have the four midfielders. You might want to add one more because Winks is gone. You'd be selling off Heusberg. But you don't necessarily need to. You could just keep Endembele. You know, you sell the cells, so keep ending belly. That's that's pretty good. You've got Kulisevsky and Hill for one wing. You've got Madison as your 10. You'd need to buy a left winger and a striker and then have Richarlison kind of as the cover in those roles. But it's not a huge rebuild. It's it's a winger, a striker, and, a, and two centre-backs, only one of them a starter. It's four players. And that's if you sold Son. You could keep Son. There's no reason you couldn't. And then it's three players. So I don't think Spurs need to be rebuilt. I just think they need to evolve a little bit, you know, freshen things up and add to what they already have. West Ham selling Rice, I did look at them. But there's a lot of good players there. They just won a European trophy. That's not a team screaming rebuild. They clearly underperformed massively in the Premier League last season. I think we'd all fully agree with that. I think everyone at West Ham would fully agree with that. They're selling Rice at way over what he's worth, which they'll be able to reinvest in the team. The new owner, Kratinsky, the new part owner, is very ambitious and wants to propel West Ham up into regular European football. So, you know, they're they're on the right path, I think. I think they'll need to move on from Moyes. But, you know, Ariola's good, Johnson's good, Zuma and Agard are good. I want a left back. You want two in midfield. You've got Bone, you've got Paqueta, you've got Ben Rami, you've got Fornals, you're pretty good, you've got Skimaka. Like, it's not a massive amount needed there. And then Wolves, again, I, I, I looked at them, but I like a lot of their players. I do like a lot of their players. I like Collins, I like Kilman, I like Aitnuri, I'd want a right back. I'd upgrade the goalkeeper. I'd want one in midfield to go with Nunes and Traore and the rest of the pieces they've got there. And I love Neto, I like Cunha, I like Sasa. You know, you'd probably want one more in attack. But all things good, it's not a rebuild. The only club that you'd look at in the Premier League and just think they are an absolute mess is Everton. It really is Everton. They're a mess on the field. They're a mess off the field. Two seasons in a row, they've stayed in the division, not because of anything they did, but because other teams in the division just happened to be worse. In normal seasons, they probably go down because they've been dreadful now for two years. 36 points this last season. They lost 18 games. Amazingly, five teams lost more than that, including West Ham, Bournemouth, and the three relegated teams. 
Wolves lost more games than Everton. Like the league was really poor last season. If you're losing half or almost half of your games, which, you know, Wolves lost half, West Ham, Bournemouth in the bottom three all lost more. So six teams lost half or more of their games. And then you've got Everton and Forest lost 18. That's a shocker. A genuine shocker. The season before, they were garbage as well. And should have gone down. Now, they did finish on 39 points. But they were awful. They lost 21 games that season. Only the bottom two, Watford and Norwich, lost more. 21 games. They've lost 39 of their last 76 Premier League games. Just just think about that for a second. 39 defeats in 76 games. And somehow they stayed in the division. So I've spent some time this morning in between being very excited about Dominic Zabozlai potentially landing at Liverpool and randomly pacing over and back across my living room for about 35 minutes before realising I was doing it while, you know, constantly refreshing Twitter, hoping for more news on the Zabozlai deal. Um, I've spent a bit of time going through the Everton squad and I've basically broken it up into four groups, okay? Four groups of players at Everton. So I've broken them into players to sell, and there's seven players in that group. Now, it could be more, but to immediately sell. So I'm looking at this as like a two-summer rebuild. So players to sell now, core players, not necessarily starters, but players that will be part of like a 15-16 player group that you'll rely on heavily for your starters. And there's six in that group. I've then got 10 in a transition group. So not players to sell this summer, maybe not even sell them next summer, but not players I'm going to rely on long-term. Some of them could become part of the core as squad players, but at the moment they're starters. So that's, you know, you'd have to have that, conversation and all that kind of stuff and then there's four young players that have added into this group so all told we're looking at 27 players the young players that i've just marked down who you'd want to keep in one way or another either keep them at the club and develop them internally or loan them out for more experience but you'd be hoping they can become part of that core group long-term. Ellis Sims, I know he didn't look great last season when he played in the Premier League, but I was impressed when I saw him at Sunderland. And he he's quite interesting to me. I don't know why. He's kind of, he reminds me a little bit of Bamford. I don't think he's great at anything. I think he might be quite good at everything. So I've got Ellis Sims. I've got Tom Cannon, who's the other young striker they have. English-born, plays for Ireland. The The big hope is that him and Evan Ferguson long-term is the Irish front too. He's interesting as well. He's got a lot of talent and he's someone that definitely needs game time, which means he's definitely a loan option. Went out to Preston last season, 
for the second half of the season and scored eight goals in 21 games across all competitions at a good level, obviously. Le- uh, championship and FA Cup. So I'm, I'm pretty confident in having him as one of the future core. But for now, he's in the youth group. Niels Nkunku, I've got next. I think he's a really talented young left-back. I really don't understand why Everton haven't given him opportunities yet. I think he's got starter potential. Now, I do think... Oh, I'm an idiot. He's gone. They've actually sold him. Sendethian have taken up their option to buy. I didn't realise they had. Oh, you can scratch him from the list. I think that's a mistake by Everton, and I guarantee they got peanuts for him as well. So we're down to three in the youth group and 26 players overall. The other one I've got then in there is Lewis Gibson. Young centre-back they brought in a couple of years ago now from Newcastle. And I was impressed with what I saw. He spent this past season on loan with Bristol Rovers. Now, obviously, it's League One, so it is a couple of divisions down. But I was still pretty impressed, and I did think he might be a slower burn, and he might never become a starter. But he sort of... The player I looked at him replacing, to be totally honest, was Mason Holgate as like the fourth or fifth centre-back who, in a pinch, can do a shift at full-back for you. Not necessarily part of the core, but definitely a squad player long-term. Again, they might look to move him on, I don't know, but I kept him in my younger category. He's 22, he'll be 23 soon, so he's not a kid, but he's in that group. The transition players, Idrissa Ganagay, I think he's still a fairly decent ball winner, still fairly reliable. I'd be looking to keep him for one more year and then move him on. Uh, Joe Virginia, the young goalkeeper, Portuguese nationality, but he he's a homegrown goalkeeper. He's been in England a good while now. Um, came over to Arsenal at 16. Everton signed him in 2018. He's had a couple of loans. Hasn't really done much on the loans, but they weren't loans that really benefited him. The Reading one was a bad idea because they were a mess. He went to Sporting. He wasn't going to start in that team. Spent last season at Cambor. Seems to have done okay. Don't necessarily know a whole lot about about how he did, but the couple of reports I read, he did all right. So we're keeping him as... Probably a backup goalkeeper, maybe third choice, maybe second choice. He's only 23. It's young for a keeper. Calvert-Lewin. Now, he's one you might keep for two years, three years maybe. If he could stay fit, he'd absolutely be part of the core group. The issue has been his fitness. I know a lot of people have questioned, does he have the desire and all that? I don't really buy into that. I think just because a guy has interests outside of football, doesn't necessarily mean he isn't fully committed. I think the mistake they made was not selling him in 2021. Coming off that season, they got an offer of at least 60 million from a club in Manchester that were red and turned it down. And he's had two seasons where he's been injury plagued. But 
The two seasons before that, he showed quite a lot under Carlo. The team's been crap the last two years, and a big part of it is, is that he hasn't been able to stay fit. So if he can stay fit, he's part of the core. If not, he's a transition to get you through the next couple of years, and then maybe you sell him on at, I don't know, 40 million or whatever you can get from him. Uh, Damari Gray, for me, he's just not a starter in a top-level team, like a Premier League-level team that wants to finish in the top half, if that makes sense. And I don't know that he'd be willing to accept a squad role because he wasn't at Leicester. So, again, with him, I think as you're rebuilding, you keep him, he's useful, and then maybe he moves on in, in 12 months. Um, Dwight McNeil again he's a player I really like and, and to be fair I probably should have him as part of the core group but I don't know if he'd be willing to accept not starting every game and I don't know I don't know if he'd be in my first 11 I'll I'll see as we go along maybe I'm not going to find a better option than him he's still young I still think there's potential to convert him into more of a midfielder than a winger. And I actually really like the idea of him as a left-sided number eight, especially if I'm going to play a defensive left-back. Tarkovsky, he's a good centre-back, but his age counts against him in terms of building for the long term with him. So what can you do? Get another year out of him, maybe transition him into a squad role, or maybe he moves on. Uh, Abdullah Dukure, he's not someone I'd want starting long term, but I think he can be useful in the short term. So you keep him another year. Alex Awobi, I'd put in the Damari Gray kind of group. I don't know that he's good enough to start for a top half Premier League team, which is what we're aiming to build. But he's definitely good enough to play in the Premier League. He's a good player. I know Everton overpaid for him, but at the same time, he was very valuable to them the last two years. And I thought this past season he showed quite a bit. He's probably their best player overall. First half of the season he actually played fairly well um, while the team was garbage. Second half he kind of fell into a bit of a rut. If he's willing to stay, I'd be more than happy to keep him as part of the core group. And then the two older heads, Andy Lonergan and Seamus Coleman. Now, these are two that you're keeping around for experience, for the quota. In Lonergan's case, it's more just as a training ground goalkeeper and to help out with the goalkeeping coaches. And that might be what you transition him into. He's your fourth keeper. Really and truly, that's what he would be, is your fourth choice keeper. But I'd probably keep him and then try and move him on to the coaching staff. Now, he might retire this summer, I don't know. If he does... I would want to keep him because I remember when he was at Liverpool and people glowed about him, about how positive he was, about how good he was with helping the young keepers, staying afterwards to help them work on things, staying afterwards to work with the likes of Trent and Salah who wanted extra shooting practice, extra crossing practice and whatever it was. He was willing to always stay that little bit longer and help out others so that's the type of person you do want around your club when you're trying to build a positive culture which is something Everton don't have and then Seamus Coleman I'm keeping him as long as he wants to wants to stay I don't care if he doesn't kick a kick a football all year long I'm keeping him 
forever. I'm moving him onto the coaching staff when he decides to call time as playing days. He is Everton through and through. He has given absolutely everything to that club for the last 14 years. He's one of the greatest bargains in Premier League history. 60 grand. 60 grand they paid for him. And he was 21. Like It wasn't like he was 14 or 15. The first season was a settling-in season. In 10-11, he made the right-back spot his own. And for quite a while, he was one of the best right-backs in the league. He never fully recovered from that horrific leg break, but he will still give you absolutely everything he's got. 409 appearances for the club. I'm keeping him. If he decides to retire in the summer, he gets a coaching job, whether it's in the academy or with the first team. I want Seamus Coleman around the club. Um, my core group that I do want to keep and build with Nathan Patterson, who I think is excellent, young Scottish right back. I think he's got a huge future. I really like Michael Enko. I know a lot of people don't. I do. I think he's been poorly used. I don't think he is a left back really. But if you're going to use him at left back, just ask him to be defensive. Don't ask him to commit going forward. He's a left-sided centre-back in a three. That's what I would like to use him as, but I'm not going to use a three in this. I'm going to use a back four. So he's going to be a defensive back four, a defensive left back. But in possession, in possession, he's going to play as part of a back three. Onana is the best player at the club. The most talented player they have. There are rumours linking him with a move away. I would keep him. I don't think he wants to leave. I don't think he's pushing for a move away. I think he's quite happy there. So I'd be keeping him, and I'm, and he's one that I'm building around. James Garner, not necessarily as a, as a long-term starter, but as somebody who, you know, if you're playing a double pivot in midfield, he's your third or fourth midfielder who's going to play fairly regularly. I think he's got a lot of talent, I think he cares, which is important. He's got Evertonians in his family. He's from Birkenhead, which is obviously just across the water. He he picked Everton when he could have gone elsewhere. That matters. He's given... I think he's given everything he has when he's been given opportunities. And he played 17 games last year, had some injuries. I liked what I saw of him. He's a He's the type of midfielder that doesn't lose you a game. He won't win you a game, but he won't lose you the game. He'll just keep things neat and tidy. Kind of like a slightly better version of Harry Winks, maybe, because he's a better ball winner than Winks. And I like having a player like that in my squad that I know I can chuck in. He'll give me six and a half to seven out of ten. I don't need to worry about him. Jared Branthwaite, I'm quite high on. I think he's got the potential to be an excellent centre-back. 6'5", left-footed, powerful, quick, good on the ball. I'm very, very keen to see what he can do this coming season. I thought he was really good when I saw him for PS, uh, PSV Eindhoven. I would be very curious to see how he does in this coming season. So he is a long-term starter as far as I'm concerned. And then Ben Godfrey. And again, like Garner, it's not necessarily that he'll be an every-game starter, he might be my third centre-back. If I'm starting two, he might be the third. Can also cover you in defensive midfield. And I think, and he can play right-back in a four. 
So I think having a guy like that in your core group is very important. So they're my six that I'm going to build around. Dwight McNeil should probably be in that group, admittedly. And I might actually just move him into that group now. Um, which gives me seven. And nine in the other group. And then the likes of Awobi and Gray and potentially uh, Calvert-Lewin and potentially Tarkovsky, they could all end up as part of that core group if they're willing to accept certain roles or stay fit or whatever the case may be. My players to sell, I've got seven. I've got Jordan Pickford. I've got Michael Keane. I've got Neil Mopé. Andre Gomes, Deli Ali, Jean-Philippe Gabamon, and Mason Holgate. So Holgate, he just he stagnated a couple of years ago and he's regressed. He's not as good a defender as he was two years ago. And I think it's just time for him to move on. I think it's just gone stale with him. So you'd look to move him on. Um, we'll have a look at the contract situations in a second and we'll figure out what our valuations are would be on these lads. Um, close that and close that. Uh, Gabama, I think, has one year left. Ali, I don't know. Uh, Gomes, Mope, Keane, and Pickford. The logic behind selling the rest, Gabama, he wants to leave. He's had a disastrous time at the club. There's no other way around it. It's been an absolute shambles. He's played eight games in the four years Everton have owned him. It's time to just cut bait with him and move on. Um, I don't know if Deli Ali wants to be a footballer anymore, so I'm not prepared to spend the money paying his wages to find out. And I, I was about as big, and, and still am in many ways, about as big a Deli Ali fan as you'll find. But he's 27 now. He's been... He's just been dreadful for years. We're looking at three years now where he's been awful. And I don't see the point in in carrying on the experiment. It hasn't worked at Everton. I don't think it's going to work at Everton. I don't know what he wants from his career, but my advice to him would be to learn some Arabic and go and get some of that, uh, that sweet Saudi cash. That's what I would say to him. Uh, next up then we've got Andre Gomes. I just I don't see the point in keeping him. Like what would be the point in Everton keeping Andre Gomes at this? He's not he's not going to get any better. He wasn't really all that good to begin with. You'd be looking to move him on. Uh Neil Mopay, I think will have value. He's just not a player I'm I'm overly keen on. So I think you'd look to move Neil Mopay on. Michael Keane, it hasn't worked out at Everton. It's just that simple. It hasn't worked out for him there. So why prolong it? Move him on. You'll get you'll get a fee for him. I don't know how much it'll be. We'll we'll estimate that in a sec, but you'll get a fee for him. He's got two years left in his deal. Um and then Pickford. And the thing with Pickford is, yes, he's England's number one, and yeah, he's He's been decent for Everton, you know, over the years. But he makes a lot of mistakes. And frankly, he's just too small. He's not the type of goalkeeper I like. He's too small. I know he signed a deal earlier this year, 
to extend his stay till 2027. But if United or Chelsea are looking for a new goalkeeper, I'm letting them have him at a decent at a decent price. Right, so what are we looking at in terms of money coming in for sales? So Pickford is 29, which is young for a goalkeeper, but for a smaller goalkeeper, I think it is a little bit more like an outfield player. But he is England number one. He's rarely injured. And I think he is overrated in general. And I think you're probably looking at Manchester United as the most likely club to come in for him. They're talking to Inter about Onana. It looks like the price on him is about £60 million. I wonder, could you convince them to do 40 for Pickford? If not them, perhaps Chelsea. But I'm going to say £40 million, which I think is... It's over what I'd pay, but I think I think you could get forty million for Pickford. Um, Michael Keane, Everton paid thirty million for him to get him from Burnley, if memory serves. He's got two years left, but he is thirty. I think you're looking at a Sheffield United. I think that's the club that could come in for him. Transfer market has his value at ten million euro. And I'm going to go with something around that. So we'll say seven and a half for Michael Keane. Um, next up then is Neil Mope. Obviously only brought in last summer. He's got two years left on his deal as well. 26 years of age. I don't think he's a starter quality player for a club like, well, any club really that wants to finish in the top half. I was going to say a club like Everton, but for where Everton have been, he, he's more than okay. But he got one goal last season in the league, which is a fairly pitiful output. Um, one goal and one assist in 1,265 minutes. I'm moving him on. They've got his value at €10 million Euro as well. Everton paid, I think, 15 14 something like that. We'll go for... We'll go for £10 million and we'll hope for the best. Uh, Andre Gomes has a year left. He is highly thought of on the continent. And he did fairly well with Lille last season. His market value, according to Transfer Market, is £16 million. Again, I think you're looking more along the lines of 10 So we'll go 10 for him. Delhi, I think it's a free. I think you just sort of... Finding him a home and letting him go. You know, wishing him the best and, and hoping it works out for him. Jean-Philippe Gabamon has a year left. He's 27. He is more highly thought of on the continent than he is in England. But it's been a really rough four years for him. If we can get 5 million, I think we take it. It's a huge loss in the 25 that was paid, but I didn't pay it, so I don't care. And then Mason Holgate, he's only 26 and he's got two years left and he is English. So that does carry a little bit of weight. Now, he didn't play a whole bunch this season, but I think even championship clubs would have interest in him. West Brom have had him on loan. They quite liked him. Leeds are looking for defensive help. Southampton are looking for some new defenders. Leicester are looking for new defenders. I think you can probably get around seven and a half million for him. If Nat Phillips is going to go for 8 to 10, Mason Holgate's better than him. So, and they're the same age. So I'm going to say 
seven and a half. So that gives us 80 million. That gives us 80 million. And that's what my budget's going to be because realistically, Everton are broke because of the new stadium and whatever else they're currently dealing with in terms of, you know, their financial fair play misdemeanors and, and such. So we're just going to take the 80 million and we're going to run with that and we're going to hope for the best. So what do I want? I need a goalkeeper. I'm going to put Patterson's going to be my right back. Um, Brantwaite will be my left centre back. And Michael Enko will be my left back. So I've got three quarters of my defence. I want... I want a starting centre-back. I want a starting goalkeeper. I've got Coleman as the backup right-back. He'll do for another year. I'm going to say Tarkovsky and Godfrey are my backups. And I need a backup left-back. So that's three. Um, I'm going to put McNeil on the left of my midfield three. And I'm going to put Onana on the right of said midfield three. So I want a starting central midfielder. I've got specifically someone to sit in the middle and someone that's good on the ball, someone that can actually make the team run. Um, I've got Decoure. I've got Garner. I've got a Wobi, and I've got a Drissagana Gay as my depth in midfield. So I've got seven, seven for midfield. So I'm pretty happy with that. I'm pretty happy with that. Um, we're going to start Calvert Lewin. As the striker. But I want two wingers. Gray will be a backup winger. Iwobi and McNeil can be the backup other winger. But Gray can play both sides so it's fine. So I've got enough cover there. But I want two starting wingers. So I'm looking for six players. Six players. Five of them as starters. And I've got 80 million. (laughs) It's not ideal. Not ideal, but we're going to go with this and we're going to see how it works out. Then I've got Sims, Cannon and Gibson to round out the squad. I've also got uh, Joe Virginia... Andy Lonergan, I could probably do it a backup keeper as well. So I'll probably go for one of them. So that's actually seven players they want in. Virginia can be third choice. Right, let's go. Um, I know who I want in central midfield. And I think this is a player with enormous potential. Now, he has just signed 
a new contract. But I'm going to ignore that because I think for the right money, this player is definitely gettable. I think that price is probably high. I think it's probably close to 20 million. I'm going to go for Hayden Hackney. Who's excellent on the ball. He's good defensively. He's a good passer. He's a good ball carrier. He's a really clever player. I'm going to go for him. I think Onana, Hackney and McNeil as my starting midfield is pretty good. Now, again, it's going to eat a chunk of the budget, but I'm okay with it, to be totally honest, because he is kind of, he's one of my primary targets. So I'm going to go for him for 20 million. That leaves me with 60 million. For the goalkeeper, might address the backup keeper first. Backup keeper. I think I'm inclined to go Timo Horn from Cologne on a free. Huge amount of experience, still only 30. Big unit. Never quite become the keeper he was expected to be. But I do think he's still a good goalkeeper. So I'm going to go for him as the backup. Backup left back. I might address this quickly as well because uh, I think I'm going to look on the free agent market here too. Backup left back. Aaron Martin of Mines is solid. Pedroza of Espanyol is too attacking for what I'm looking for. I quite like Daily Blind. I've always liked Daily Blind. And I think he fits quite well with what I want to do. Playing a, a left back who's good on the ball but slides into a back three. Now, I think his wages would be probably more than well to be fair I've got some big money players leaving I'll bring in Daly Blind I'll bring in Daly Blind he can play left back he can play left centre back he can cover in midfield he's got a wealth of experience I think he did fairly well when he was at United to be totally honest and yeah I, I like the fit So that's my backups taken care of. Now I need four starters. Goalkeeper, centre-back, two wingers. And I have 60 million left. Let's see. We'll we'll try and address centre-back next. So I'd like to sort out the pairing between... With, with, with Brantwaite. I'm really tempted to go with a young English centre-back here. Because I'm, I'm a big fan of Taylor Harwood-Bellis of Manchester City. He's got one year left on his deal. <clears throat> I thought he was outstanding 
last season for um for Burnley in the championship. He's a natural leader. Now I know Patterson, Harwood Bellis and Branthwaite would be a very young defence. But if I've got Coleman, Tarkovsky and Blind at the club, I do have experience. I have good mentors there for them. I'm going to go for him. I'm going to go Harwood Bellis. I've just realised that's now three of my four players whose names begin with H. That's not on purpose, I promise. Um, and Harwood Bellis, B, and Blind is a B, but, you know, it's just random. Um, after a year in the championship with one year left, I think 15 million, maybe with some sell-on clauses, is fair. I do think he's got massive potential. And I know City are very, very high on him. He's good on the ball. He's dominant. He's quick. I'm going to go for him. My goalkeeper. I really like Alban Lafont. I really like Alban Lafont, but I will look a different way. Alban Lafont has one year left on his deal. One year left. He's 24. He's a ton of experience. Potential is incredible. <coughs> Andre Lunen also has one year left in his deal. Very talented goalkeeper, currently warming the bench at Real Madrid, 24 years of age. Anatoly Trubin, young Ukrainian at Shakhtar. He's got one year left. He is a very promising goalkeeper. I really like Gavin Basunu, as, as listeners will know, but I don't know that Southampton will be open to a sale at this point for him. But Basunu and Harwood Bellis know each other quite well. They were at City together. What's Gavin Basunu's transfer market? Because he's going to be over that because he's he's young, he's homegrown. He's 21. 15 million euro. 15 million euro. Could I get... What did they pay for him? They paid 12. Could I get him for 15 and add-ons? 15 add-ons and a sell-on? He's got a long contract there, but he has been relegated and they might need to clear their books. Like, go the more experienced route, maybe. Go with someone like Lafont, who's got a ton of experience for a young keeper. I'll go with Lafont. I'll go with Albert Lafont. One year left. I think I can probably get him for about 10 million, given the fact that it's nonce and they're in need of money. So now I need two wingers and I've got 35 million. Ideally, I want one of them who scores goals. That's sort of my primary, um, my primary want here is, is a winger who scores goals and then more of a creative type after that. 
Maybe one of them has to be alone. I, I'm not not a hundred percent sure. I quite like the idea of Elliman and Jai. More of a centre forward than a winger, but can play wide. I really like the idea of Nico Williams from Athletic Club de Bilbao. I really like the idea of him. I think he's got incredible potential. Is there any good wingers at a contract this summer? So maybe I could go big on him and get somebody else in to help me bridge the gap. I'll have Gray anyway. Could I go Wilf? I think he probably wants to go abroad. I know he was going to go to Everton a few years ago, but it didn't work out. There's no wingers there that that's tickling my fancy. Nico Williams has a year left. No club option to extend. Six goals, five assists last season in the league. Nine and six in all competitions. But I do think he's going to be a player that does explode in the next couple of years. Could I get him for 20? Maybe not. Let's see. I'm trying to work on players that have short contracts because <clears throat> it's the easiest way to get a decent deal, unfortunately. Um, he's the standout. Nico Williams is the standout. But it does mean that I might have to go really cheap or go alone, maybe. Alone is what I'm thinking for the other role. Although, I could gamble on talent. I think I might gamble on talent in the other wing. If I go... If I go 25 million for Nico Williams, who's got a year left in his contract, I think that's good value. I'll play him on the right. The gamble on talent I'm considering is Callum Hudson-Odoi. I think you could probably get for about 10 million. Obviously, super talented. But hasn't quite been the same since tearing his Achilles. But I do wonder if you were to bring him in and make him the focal point of a team. Like a, a very important player in the team. Could you get more from him? I think you probably could. It is a risk, though. Um, well, I, I, the one I would love is, is Kamaldine Suleimana. Him and Williams either side of the striker, that's actually what I would want. But I just don't see any possibility that uh, Southampton would sell Suleimana this summer. And I don't have the money. I've got 15 million left. So 
unless they'd let me take them on a loan with an obligation to buy next summer or unless I sell somebody else and who would I sell what would Suleimana cost me would he cost 25 they paid 15 or so Hamildine Suleimana Twenty-two million, so they're going to want more than that. But a quick profit, maybe, maybe. So who can I sell? Do you know what? I'm going to say him. I'm going to say twenty-five million. Because I, I actually think that is fair value. I do wonder if I could get Hayden Hackney a little bit cheaper. I was thinking fifteen million until I saw that he'd signed the new contract. But who else can I sell? What else can I sell? What's not nailed down at Everton? Could I get a little bit more for Pickford? Probably not. Wasn't there a bid in for Ellis Sims the other day? Because I would sell him if I could. Everton reject four million offer from Ipswich. Well, what if I sell them for five million? That leaves me still five million short. Could I get five million for Adrisagana Gay? Would a team in in Saudi give me five million for Adrisagana Gay? I think they probably would. I think they probably would, and I think he'd take that move as well. So you know what, Adrissa, thanks for playing. Off you go, son. So I've sold Pickford, Keane, Mope, Gomes, Gabaman, Holgate, Sims. And address again. I've actually brought in 90 million. I've let Delhi go on a free. And I've signed seven players Hayden Hackney, Timo Horn, Danny Blind, Taylor Howard Bellis, Album Lafont, Nico Williams, Camaldine Suleimana. And my team looks like Lafont in goal, Patterson, Howard Bellis, Branthwaite, and Michaelenko in the back four. Dukure, sorry, uh, Onana, Hackney, and McNeil as my midfield three. Williams, Calvert Lewin, and Suleimana as my front three. Tom Cannon, I'm just going to use him as the backup to, to Calvert Lewin. So my backup 11, so to speak, is Timo Horn. Seamus Coleman, James Tarkovsky, Ben Godfrey, <clears throat> and Daly Blind. Dukure, Garner, and Awobi is my midfield three. And Gray, Cannon, and Iwobi or McNeil is my backup front three. I'm pretty happy with that. I've got Joe Virginia, Lewis Gibson. That That's 24. And Andy Lorigan makes a 25-man squad. Um, one, two, 
three, four, five, six. I've got more than enough for the homegrown quota. <clears throat> Lafont, Patterson, Her- Harwood Bellis, Branthwaite, Michaelenko, Onana, Hackney, McNeil, Williams, Calvert Lewin, and Sulemana. And then in possession, it'll look more like Howard Bellis, Branthwaite, and Michael Enko as a back three. Patterson, Onana, Hackney, and McNeil stretched across the midfield as a four. And then Williams and Sulemana either side of Calvert I quite like that. I do like that. So that's what I'm going to go with. Now, I've appointed myself as director of football. I need a new manager because this is far too flamboyant for Sean Dyche. So in terms of manager, I mean, I could, I, I, this could be a back three with Patterson and McNeil as wingbacks anyway. I think I can sell this project to Ruben Amram and he's who I'm bringing in as manager. So sorry, Sean, but you'll find a job fairly quick. I like this team. And in a year, if Calvert-Lewin hasn't done what I've hoped he'd do and stay fit, move him on, use that money to replace him. If Tarkovsky decides he doesn't want to be a squad player, move him on, use the money to replace him. Same with Takure, same with Awobi. I think I've done okay here. Hayden Hackney, Timo Horn, Daly Blind, Taylor Howard Bellis, Alban Lafont, Nico Williams, and Camaldine Sulemana. Williams and Sulemana, either side of Calvert Lewin, is going to be fun. It'll be explosive. We might struggle to score some goals, but this is a multi year build. You're not doing this all in one season. What I know I've got coming out of this is I've got my two wingers. I've got at least two-thirds of the midfield that I want, and McNeil could definitely be the third one because I, I think he could play really well as that left-sided eight who plays left and a left wing back in possession. Patterson, Harwood, Bellis, and Brantwaite, I'm pretty confident can be three-quarters of my long-term defence. My questions are over Michaelenko, but again, in this system, I think he works better. Lafont, I know, can be my long-term keeper. The only one I'm... Not certain about moving forward as Calvert-Lewin. So if I'm replacing him and then it's just adding depth, bringing in more quality young players to develop, I'm pretty happy with that. So there you go. And we've gone 50-odd minutes, 56 minutes nearly, on rebuilding Everton. So um, I hope that answers that. Uh, We'll take a break. And when we come back, we're just going to do the gossip and we will be done. See you just after this thing here now. Right, welcome back. So, just to gossip, but there are three bits of news I want to hit quite quickly. Number one, David De Gea is set to become a free agent tomorrow because he hasn't been able to agree a new contract with United. He did agree a contract, he signed a contract, and United backed out of it. So, it looks like he's going to become a free agent. I'll be very interested to see where he goes. Because I look around Europe, I don't see a top club in need of a goalkeeper. 
I think he's better than certain goalkeepers at certain top clubs. And I wouldn't be surprised if he potentially ended up at Chelsea on a free to replace Mendy and him and Kepa sort of battle it out for the number one spot. I wouldn't do it, but it wouldn't surprise me massively. Um, Bayern don't need him. Real don't need him. Barca don't need him. Atleti don't need him. Liverpool City don't need him. He's better than Ramsdale, but Ramsdale's better with his feet. He's a better shot stopper. Ramsdale's better with his feet, and Ramsdale, Ramsdale suits Arsenal better, so you won't go there. Spurs have just bought a keeper. And I don't think Ange would have had him anyway. Um, Inter, if they sell De- sell Onana, that could be a spot. But I, I think Onana ends up staying. Could he go to Porto if they sell Costa? Maybe. Maybe we saw Iker Casillas go there in the past. Could he go to Benfica? I mean, that one might work. If not, I think you're looking at the Sevillas of the world, which, you know, is a step down from what we thought he'd be doing. But maybe Villarreal, maybe Real Betis, maybe there'll be one of those clubs will come in from. But 12 years at United, 554 games, um, four-time United player of the season, just won the Golden Gloves. He's currently earning 375 grand a week. Uh, he has been... He has been fairly poor the last five years, I would say, compared to what he was beforehand. He's like he's had some good moments, but you think of De Gea from really from fourteen fifteen up until seventeen eighteen. Those four years, he was like Superman. He was unbelievable. He hasn't been nearly as good in the five years since. His year under Moyes, they were, they were awful as a team. And he was quite shaky when Ferguson was there. Um, one league title with United, one FA Cup, two league cups, and a Europa League. Adding that to the Europa League he won with Atleti. Yeah, I mean, it just I wonder how much United wish they just sold him when he was meant to join, Atleti, uh, join Real Madrid. But the fax machine wouldn't work. Um, Bad news for Crystal Palace. Michael Elise has torn his hamstring and will miss the start of the season. That could, in the longer term, be good news because it probably means he's not leaving this summer. Uh, It's bad news for France, and it's bad news, double bad news for France, with Manu Kone likely out the rest of the tournament as well. And some suggest he might have done his ACL. Hopefully it's not that that serious, but Manu Kone's out too. Uh, Great news for me and all Liverpool fans. Liverpool are deep in talks to sign... Dominic Zabozlai, looks like that deal will get done today. Liverpool have sent uh, Fabio Carvalho on loan to Leipzig in a separate deal, but I'd imagine there's a link in that deal anyway. There's probably no loan fee been paid. And my guess is what Liverpool will do, <clears throat> rather than pay the £60 million buyout, they'll pay £60 million in instalments, and they've given Carvalho on loan for free as a sort of a sweetener in the deal. On to the gossip. Aston Villa have agreed a £35 million deal to sign Pau Torres. That's a lot less than he was rumoured to be going for a year ago, but I believe he's only got one year left on his contract. He does. Uh, 26 years of age, Spanish international, good on the ball, good defender, 
Not the quickest, but a good defender. A good upgrade on Tyron Mings. The big question for me is, is he coming into partner Konza? Is he coming into partner Carlos? Or have the eyes on a second centre-back? Konza and Torres makes most sense. But they're both kind of back-foot defenders. Carlos is a big front-footed defender, but he's also a lunatic. So you might have some mistakes there. Uh, Jurian Timber is set to undergo a medical with Arsenal after they agreed a fee of forty million for him. Uh, so that takes Arsenal spending to two hundred and fifteen million between him, Rice, and Havertz, and they haven't improved their team. If Thomas Partey leaves, they haven't improved a starting eleven. Rice is a downgrade. Havertz as a midfielder over Xhaka last season, probably about fifty fifty. Now, if Timber comes in and starts over Ben White, it is an upgrade. And that's where you would see some value because White can then become the backup right back, right centre back and defensive midfielder. But Rice is a downgrade on, is a downgrade on Partey, especially as a six. As a footballer, it's probably a push. As a human, he's a big upgrade. As a six, he's definitely a downgrade. Um, but yeah, that's what they're doing. Uh, Chelsea are pushing for an agreement with Brighton over Moises Caicedo having already agreed to personal terms. I don't know that they've agreed anything at all. Um, West Ham are still waiting for Arsenal to present an acceptable payment plan for the £105 million purchase of Declan Rice. Uh, Rumours are Arsenal are in negotiations with Klarna or, or um, Hum to try and solve that, that issue. Lucas Hernandez is on the cusp of a transfer to Paris Saint-Germain from Bayern Munich. I love Lucas Hernandez. If he could stay fit, he'd be one of the best centre-backs in the world. Gabriel Viega has been identified as, by Chelsea as the ideal replacement for Mason Mount. Um, no, not a bad fit. Aston Villa are considering a loan move for Ferran Torres with the option, with a purchase option of £21.5 million. That's not bad, and, and he would have been... If I couldn't get that Solomana deal done, he might be someone to look at in that role. Um, I'd even... With, never mind. Never mind. To finish the Everton thing, we're going to move on. Uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek is in Italy to finalise his move to AC Milan, who will next target Christian Pulisic. Actually, they're next going to target Eunice Musa. Maybe Pulisic after that. Uh, Chelsea's Romelu Lukaku has rejected a second offer from Al Halil. Worth $39 million a year as he wants to leave for Inter Milan. Pierre-Emile Heusberg is a target for Atletico Madrid. I believe he's the backup target if they can't get Amrabat done. England defender Eric Dyer's future is in question as he only has one year left and has not signed an extension. Spurs need to get rid of him. Dreadful. Juventus, Borussia Dortmund and Bayer Leverkusen are interested in Sheffield United's England under 21, sorry, under 24 Daniel Jebison. Uh, Sheffield United should be keeping him. Manchester United and Chelsea are both interested in Emiliano Martinez. He's not leaving this summer, from what I know. Uh, now, what I know is basically from reading real journalists rather than some absolute spoofer at football transfers. Steve Kay, uh, an absolute spoofer. Um, Manchester United manager Eric Ten Hag has blocked Tom Heaton from moving to L- Luton amid Continued uncertainty over the future of David Dea. And they've actually just... He was going to go there on a free. United have triggered the add-on year in his contract. Wolf Zaha becomes a free agent on Friday, which is today. Actually, becomes a free agent tomorrow, which is Saturday, July 1st. 
But he remains in dialogue with Crystal Palace, so he could agree a new deal. I'd love him to agree a new deal. Nuno Tavares is subject of interest from West Ham. Just don't do that. Arsenal have conceded have succeeded in convincing English midfielder Ethan Noanery to commit his future to the club despite interest from Chelsea and Manchester City. He's wildly talented. Wildly talented. Uh, they'll find a way to shove him out the door in three years like they did with Charlie Patino. Roberto Firmino, who left Liverpool after his contract expired, actually doesn't leave Liverpool officially until today, has agreed to join the Saudi Pro League team Al Ali. I believe it's 100 million for four, for three years, 25 million signing, 25 million a year. Get that cash, Bobby. Get that cash and best of luck. Borussia Dortmund's move for Ajax midfielder Edson Alvarez has stalled and that could open the door for West Ham to try and sign him. He'd be a good signing there. Roma boss Jose Mourinho is eyeing a double swoop for Leicester's Patsandaka and Kelechi Iheanacho. He needs a new striker to replace Tammy Abraham, who's torn his ACL. It looked like Tammy was leaving anyway. Um, Tammy first Skamaka was apparently happening, which I called on this. Um, Jamie Vardy has rejected interest from Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Jamie Vardy in Saudi Arabia, can you imagine? Daniel Farke is on the brink of becoming the new Leeds manager with the club hoping to have the German in place at the start of pre-season. Daniel Farke, Stuart Webber, I called that two weeks ago. Uh, Crystal Palace, former Crystal Palace manager Patrick Vieira has emerged as the favourite to become boss of League One side Strasbourg. Now, they're obviously now owned in part by Todd Bowley. Um, which, you know, there's, there's nothing spooky about, about any of it, but apparently Todd Bowley is in negotiations with himself to have Malang Sarah become a new Strasbourg player. Looks like that deal for Vieira will get done. So, um, fair play, fair play to them. I, I hope it does get done. I hope it works out. Um, I'm forgetting who their manager was last season. Frederick Antonelli. Took over in February, left a couple of days ago. Yeah, so best of luck to Vieira. Um, I think he's got promise, areas to work on, but he's got promise. That will do me for today, folks. Thank you, as always. I will see you Monday. And I've just seen that Aaron Moy has decided to retire at the age of 32. Wow. Oh, I'm surprised by that. I'm really surprised by that. Poor fella took one look at Brendan Rodgers and decided he needed to retire. See you Monday. Bye-bye. Podcast Network.